This is the land of Faerun, a land that has seen its fair share of adventure and magic, as well as chaos and evil. With its long history of war, liches, draconic cults, and the attempt to bring a literal god to the material plane, we again find ourselves in a time of relative peace, thanks to the valiant efforts from the agents of good. The recent continent-filled conflict has lifted spirits of the agents of order and good, while leading the agents of greed and chaos to scatter like dust in the wind to avoid a swift end to their evil machinations. This is the state of the world as it stands, and to where each one of your characters finds themselves having made a significant contribution to. We end our adventure going to the southern part of Faerun, a few days travel from the Sword Coast in a small town called Greenest. Greenest has done surprisingly well this past year, having welcomed home an unexpected hero and worshiper of Bahamut after his holy quest has been completed. And as we come to this evening at the end of summer, we zoom in to a familiar tavern in Greenest. Fleeple, after the extreme fare and experience at the Well of Dragons, you journeyed off. And we'll get to the immediate after effect of the battle itself. We're not going to leave that up to uh, everyone's imagination here. But you find yourself having eventually returned to Greenest, it appears, yes? Correct. As Fleeple has come to Greenest, and it's been some time since the events at the Will of Dragons, what has Fleeple been up to? Well, it is, in fact, a familiar tavern, but uh, a little bit rebranded. Fleeple uh, felt pretty good about, you know, sort of the hospitality industry, sort of stuff that he'd experienced uh, over the years of adventuring. And so he, when he got back to Greenest, he was like, hey, Bevan, you want a whole bunch of gold? And Bevan was like, yeah, I'd love a whole bunch of gold. And Felipe was like, cool. And renamed it the Hollandaise Inn. <laughs> 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 Put together a, a whole menu of sauce-based dishes to cook for the people who stopped by and employed a few other people to help run sort of the day-to-day stuff so that he could focus on some of the cooking and whatnot. But, you know, he is up in his years. Surprise, surprise. By this point, he's 58 again, I think. 58 for the second time. We should pause here, actually, because as you were journeying back from the Well of Dragons, Leosin and you on the journey back um, this is just one of the many conversations you had in Leosin. He comes to you and goes, Ah, Fleeple, um, I've already spoken, of course, at the, uh, how instrumental you were, and um, I was actually able to procure something from a member of the Lord's Alliance, if you would be interested. You don't say. <laughs> he brings out a, something wrapped in a cloth, and as he unwraps it, it's a potion. Mm-hmm. Of longevity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I understood that you, um, you, you needed something like this. So you were after this, I believe. 
Uh, after, yes. Need. Mm, it's, <laughs> hmm, it's something that I definitely am interested in, that is certain. Well, I was uh, able to, um, I would say boast, but uh, uh, speak of your valiant efforts and how without you um, we could have all exploded from that rift left open uh, from the Thay wizards in the middle of the caldera. And uh, one person was gracious enough from their personal stores to grant you this potion of longevity, if um, you would be interested in something like this. <laughs> Now, Fleeple, he did have, like, that moment when they were on their way to the caldera where he was like, man, I bought myself all these extra years. What am I going to do with them? So there is part of Fleeple that is wondering, like, should I restrain? Should I hold back? Uh, but it's a small part of him. So I'm just going to roll to see if Fleeple is going to accept this potion. He accepts the it's potion. It's only a small part of him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Quick yes. Yes. As long as it wasn't a natural one. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and he goes, ah, yes, well, um, of course, I, I look forward to uh, joining you at um, your, uh, your, your new efforts with all of the gold that you um, have uh, earned from not only this, but uh, your many, many adventures here. Yes. Yes, indeed. So now there is a 20% chance that if I drink this, it's going to make me older instead of younger. Yes. <laughs> so, time to you roll my his, percentile. Are we doing it now? On the road? On the road. That's an 18. <laughs> 18! So that's that, a, that means that I age another 12 years. Oh, no! It's like, it's like when a president <laughs> goes through a term and you're like, oh, they age so much. That was Fleeple in the battle. <laughs> oh, no. oh, man. How much had you had gone down? Uh, I would have gone down 12 years. Um, no, but total in the campaign. Yeah, your original oh, age I don't, to I don't them. remember how old I used to be. You drank two longevity <laughs> potions, and they both made you younger, from what I remember. They did. And I am still younger at this point than I was at the beginning of the campaign. I know that much because it's a 1d6 plus 6. So it would have been greater than 12 in any case. But, uh, okay, so... That means blah, 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 math, math, math. Fleeple's going to be 70. 70 for the second Aww. time. 70. <laughs> 70 year old. <laughs> so on the road again, uh, Fleeple, you drink it, go to bed, and as you wake up, you realize that the potion has backfired on you. Or maybe it's brought a little order back to your life as your youth was spent in this noble cause as you needed it you needed your strength your vitality and longevity but now with the cult of the dragon and tiamat safely sealed away for this time perhaps it's fitting that you have aged back close to what you were when you started out on this holy quest and you couldn't can't help but hide a little smirk on your face as you look towards uh, the pendant of bahamut as you think of this possibility here Mm-hmm. Just, uh, just those years were on loan. That's all. <laughs> exactly. Which I should speak to each of you, actually. Speaking of wealth, the reward that you gained from assisting in defeating the Cult of the Dragon, n on the other side of the caldera that the Jank Squad did not venture into, there was the entirety of all the treasure 
that they have gained over all across Faerun for Tiamat's return. And you didn't see on the map, but it was quite quite large there. It was the um, largest dragon horde in all of Faerun for obvious reason. And there was quite a significant amount of gold there. I'm going to roll here to see how much wealth is going to be imparted to each of you as the reward. But as the Lord's Alliance, the Order of the Gauntlet, Antharf Room comes up to you and goes, Ah, we'd be remiss if uh, it weren't for all of your efforts. So, uh, um, here, here's to all of you. And let's do, oh, I'm going to get dice. What am I doing? <laughs> Cleaned up the dice because my kids were throwing them at each other. Roll for mm-hmm. dodge. <laughs> the best roll rolls in dodge. the world. If you can dodge a dice, you can <laughs> dodge, dodge a ball. ball. <laughs> <If> you can... <laughs> Just a lot of a bigger dice to train <laughs> uh, each of you are granted 1600 platinum pieces mm, platinum pieces well 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 woof should we put that in the party fund which for anybody who's <laughs> counting at home counting at home that's 16,000 gold pieces there so I mean we saved the world <laughs> that's the All price right, for saving the world I apologize it can't be I apologize it can't be here more, but we have to return the wealth where um, we can across the world. And uh, that's going to take quite some time and uh, could be some possible employment. Not that you need it <laughs> if you wanted to uh, continue forward in this holy quest. Uh, rather, set things right. And uh, as he looks to each of you, uh, he goes, in fact, um, people, I know that you are, uh, you are accounted for. You've already been claimed. But as he looks towards Mal... And he looks towards Lance. I would be honored if I could um, welcome you into the Order of the Gauntlet, if that was something that either of you were interested in. I'm quite all right, but thank you for the honor. Um, As you already know, I belong to another group that has a little bit less than honorable intentions, and I hope that being a part of it might keep it from going too far south there. (laughs) Well said. Mal will also decline. The offer stands in if, if either of you wish to work together, or Fleeple, you just want to slay some more dragons. <laughs> but I think we've got them running uh, for the time being, so. Well, I know that I've got at least another year before I have to be anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> As we are actually living in this moment here, before we go back to how I begun this episode, I actually turn the time over to Mel. Mel, you have these deep-setted emotions of this cause, what you were originally hired to do by Fleeple has now been complete. And employment, what, I mean, that's all in the past, of course, but the cause is done. And you feel a tugging at your heartstrings for a new cause. A more personal cause. But how do you broach this with the Jank Squad? So, battle has ended. The warriors have been taken care of. The wounded are being carted off. And the sun has now peaked and is shining on a nearby mountain range. And the glistening 
white tops of these mountains remind Mal of her home. And now that she's found this part of her journey complete, this completion of her contract with Fleeple, she starts to think of other things that are unfinished in her life. And one of those being that she doesn't know what happened to her brother Grant. And so while Fleeple and Lance are standing there as people are busying around them, she makes a decision within herself that she knows what her next step needs to be. And part of that is going to need to be alone, that she wants to do this trip alone, which is hard to tell somebody that you love. So she looks at her friends, these people that she's been on this long, long journey with and don't know so many things with. And she just says, I feel like this needs a, a moment of celebration, but um, I think I've made a decision for myself and I'm not really sure how to say goodbye again. I need to go on a journey for myself again and I don't know how long that's going to take me. And I know it's, it's sad to bring this up in this moment of triumph when we're all so excited that we finished this quest. But I think I need to go. Will you two be all right? Now, I know it might seem like I'm your father, but I'm actually not. So you don't need my permission, Malamara. Mal <laughs> kneels in front of Fleeple, coming eye to eye. I think probably for one of the first times that she has knelt at his level. Usually he flaps up and flies up to her level. So coming down to his level, she takes his face, his long snout in her hands, and she rubs the ridges tenderly over his eyes. She goes, take care of yourself, okay? I'm sure you're going to go after dragons, and I'm sure that some potions of longevity are going to tempt you, but I need you to take care of yourself, okay? Oh, I'm younger than I've ever been. I'll be fine. <laughs> now, listen, when you've been 57 twice in a row, <laughs> then you come back and talk to me. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> she genuinely laughs. And then just, like, kisses the very tip of his dragon nose. His little kobold nose. And then she'll stand up and look at Lance. She'll say, here. And she'll reach up. She has a bun in her hair, and she has a red ribbon that's always tied up. And uh, she takes it out and allows her hair to flow down around her shoulders, which you've never seen her hair down. She always keeps it up. It's a ritual for her to make sure that it's up. So she takes it down and she looks at Lance and she goes, um, in my clan, we used to tie a red ribbon around our wrists to guide the pseudo dragons home. So they always knew how to get back to us. And so she holds the ribbon out to him and kind of presents it to him. And she goes, this one was Grant's, my brother's. She reaches out and she ties it around his wrist. She touches the scarf at her neck that she's still wearing. She says, I'll take Callie with me and you take Grant with you. And hopefully it will protect you and guide you home wherever that happens to be. And she kind of takes a step back and looks at you guys and says, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be leaving for a few more days, but I just... 
This felt like a, a proper moment to, to say goodbye. At the height of our quest and the sun on those beautiful mountains in the distance, I just, I'm really glad that we ran into each other in Greenest. I don't know what I would do without you guys. Lance will reach into the bag of holding and pull out. I think we had them divvied out a different way, but I'll just assume narratively we somehow put them back. The two sending stones. And he'll hand one to Malamara and he'll say, I understand journeys sometimes have to be made alone, but if you ever need something, give me a ring. Goodbye, Mal. Take care of yourself. As Mal goes on this journey, leaving the Jenks squad, in an effort to find Grant, she goes through a lot. It takes her months and months of searching, traveling, going through caravans, um, using her newfound warlock powers, even uh, maybe leveling up a level or two as she comes across some danger in this search herself. But she eventually finds herself having found some sort of answer, something to end her journey, which we'll get to later on in this episode. But as Mal has left, and Fleeple, you sharing that you going back to Greenest, we turn to Lance. And Lance, now that things are done, having shared with Antharfrum that perhaps you being a part of the Zentara might help keep them a little bit more honest, what are you doing? Lance will eventually, as it all wraps up and we get out of this caldera, Lance will end up journeying as he always ends up going to back home to Neverwinter. Certainly not to Waterdeep. Nope, nope, never going back there. <laughs> Can't make me go that back there. Lance will, in Neverwinter, he will start setting up contacts with the Zentarum, becoming a little bit of a hub for them in the city of Neverwinter, mostly to keep track of that they're not diving into too deadly or sinister of things, always knowing there's a little bit of sinisterness in them, but making sure that somehow they can keep at least the more the most nefarious things out of their business at least in the city as he does that uh, one of his main contacts will be Lottie at Lottie's place uh, where he will frequent just as a patron but also conversing with Lottie as there's always something there in a past flame in that case real quick before you move on I want you to roll a uh, percentile dice and tell me the result of it actually this wasn't a good plan Okay, just a percentile or like percentile and a 10. Percentile dice are technically both of the D10s and the 10s and the one, the, the one digit. All right, here we go. That's a, what's a double zero? That's a hundred. That's a hundred and eight. <laughs> okay, so that's an 8% at that point. So Okay, okay. there you go, 8%. Yeah, if it were a triple zero, it'd be a hundred, 8%. So while you're setting up your contacts, your contacts and interacting with Lottie, one fine night, as you are talking with Lottie, she kind of drops her guard, uh, and she drops it significantly because she, that's when she reveals that she's actually a lich. Oh, oh. Hey. oh. there you go. Oh, oh. But happy with the status quo that's been going on in Neverwinter and with how things are going, and you being a contact, she lends you into her circle a little bit closer. 
And it's almost poetic how this woman and you had such a good relationship to beginning as death seems to follow you everywhere. This deathless woman who has been escaping from death or wanting to avoid it could find yourselves so caught up in business with one another. But continue forward. I would even say Lance knowing as he's brought into that as most people would like run away from that. Like, holy crap. He actually, it makes him want to be around her more because of her contacts with the Zentarum to think this will keep her remembering mortality in a good way. Like, as in not just things are abstract, but there's actually mortal relationships you can have and maybe that'll not lean into the as much evil side of lichdom <laughs> as it might all Perhaps be. Perhaps you might but. be able to influence her from the horrible decisions she might make in the future due to your example. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, gr- I'm full of great examples. And these contacts are easy to establish for you because there's actually a spot vacant in Neverwinter that was there before who these contacts are eager to connect with you because it seemed that in the final battle at the Caldera, Ralph had uh, lost his life there. In pursuits of justice, good, or his own self-interest, you're unsure, but it was confirmed that Ralph had passed away. Knowing that, Lance will do everything, everything within his power to track down Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. And it does take some time and uh, maybe some of your hard-earned uh, platinum. But as members of the Zentarum were with him when he passed, it doesn't take long for your contacts to discover you're looking for Jeremy. And eventually, Jeremy enters your presence. After a good nine months of searching in Lance Thalen, I have been eager to be with one that I was acquainted with. Jeremy. Let's have some more adventures together, shall we? Yes, we shall. <laughs> and Jeremy negates the advantage you would get from your boots of elfin kind. <laughs> on, on yeah, that's checks. very true. That's very true. That's true because he's so <laughs> <laughs> can't help himself. There we go. I'll spend any amount of gold to learn the silence spell. <laughs> <laughs> With that, Lance sets up his own base of operations. And slash side business. Because every base of operations needs really a side business to cover for it. And what he's actually going to do is he's going to build, not a not a mansion, it'll be a, a good house, a cottage, like a bigger cottage, out in a field outside of Neverwinter where his sister is buried. And as this field is very beautiful, because Lance made sure to pay to make sure that flowers bloom there of yellow and red and orange, other people start requesting to have their loved ones buried there. And Lance, always near death, but not quite there yet, goes into the side business of being a gravekeeper in terms of taking care, a groundsman for this cemetery. And he will he will give it a name called Canary's Field because they are yellow. And there's multiple meanings for that bird for him. As you find this not booming business, but this slow business, which to you is a strange sense of comfort to assist those that have passed on to a restful end in these beautiful fields that you have and that you maintain. 
you find yourself um, when not dealing with the day-to-day for the most part alone but for the most part at peace as well and as each of you go on your own journey of peace mal for answers lance for connection and fleeple for booming business we do come back to greenest to the holland days in fleeple it has been about a year since the dragon or rather since tiamat was shut away what's a typical night what's a typical evening here in the holland days in that you have to manage um with the caravans and that you are assisting with yeah the evenings it's not so much about the food it's more of a breakfast and lunch kind of establishment as far as like if you want to get there for the real good dishes but around dinner there's some nice just sort of hors d'oeuvres charcuterie tapas kind of things going on um you just order some for the table get some drinks and it's just kind of a chill relaxing sort of thing i think fleeple with all of the obscene amount of money that he now has i mean he couldn't keep the singing sword separate from its brother jeremy any longer so uh fleeple would at least try to purchase the singing sword from the singing sword or maybe have a new one made whatever the case may be (laughs) but always have some some, like lounge music going on during the evenings at the hollandaise inn and there's our bard right there (laughs) the singing sword may be being brought on tour uh, as they essentially own the singing sword inn in waterdeep and that is a very profitable inn but coming to visit from time to time and it just so happens that on this special occasion the singing sword is there singing and entertaining and providing wild amusement for the locals at greenest who this type of magic is only heard of from faraway lands and for caravan leaders it's a welcome sight as in the middle of nowhere um it reminds them of the bustling city of Waterdeep and and other bustling cities as well so making sure that everybody is taken care of it's quite full the singing sword attracting quite a crowd but while you are taking care of things it's at that point where you feel a tap on your shoulder or that was somebody that even with your massively high well, in fact, Lance, roll a stealth check with uh, d- not advantage. Oh, um, because, Jeremy. Jeremy. Check Jeremy. because of Jeremy. Because of Jeremy. I love this music. Okay. Have I leveled up? Uh, <laughs> 27. <laughs> so despite your absurd passive perception, Fleetball, there is there's this figure that as you turn around, is just standing there with uh, their arms folded and a great long sword um or rather a massive sword by their side that it looks familiar and you look up and see one of the the smirks that lance calls his smile as he sees you and you walk on over to him on this special celebration yeah i've got a freshly made charcuterie board in my claws and i turn to the help i yeah i, I hired the three punks from Water yes. from Neverwinter yes. where were they? I can't remember. Neverwinter. It yeah. was Neverwinter. Uh, yeah, I turned to one of the three punks and I'm like, uh, deliver this one to the table over there if you would. Oh, yeah, 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 of, of course. Yeah, uh, yes, Master Fleeple, I'll, I'll do that. Um, uh, look, uh, my mom's been uh, wanting to come visit. Uh, could you, like, write to her and say that she can't, though? Like, um, and that's just 
not part of our, uh, the, not part of my employment. I, I've really just, you know what, we'll talk later about this, okay? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get back to this. Oh, the number of times I've amended that boy's contract. Um, I, <laughs> I sent him off into the corner and turn towards Lance and I say, Greetings, traveler. Welcome to the Hollandaise Inn. Grand festivities await ye, those who enter here. Perhaps you would like to hear a tale of grand dragons and flames and immolations past. Perhaps a tipple might be of interest to you. May I interest you in the boar's blood? <laughs> oh, that's a callback. <laughs> I was going to ask if you have drinking games, but... um. Only if you drink the cider. The cider is the hardest stuff we've got here. It's true. It's true. Ne'er-do-wells only deal in that. I shall take some cider. It's good to see you, old friend. And I uh, get a table that's kind of secluded from the other ones, and I call one of the other three punks over and uh, order a round of ciders for the table. Of course, yes. I'd be happy to do that. Um, of course. Uh, look... Uh, Master Fleeple, my mom is wanting to come visit, and um, I'm just hoping you can reach out to her, and uh, uh, she's, she can't really afford to, but I really would like her to come and visit, mm. if that's a possibility, but uh, it's, uh, we'll talk about this later. Okay, oh, cider's all around, of course. All around, yes. <laughs> For the two of you, okay. And he comes, goes bustling off as the two of you are able to... Um, chat and catch up a little bit about what's been going on over the past year. And that was when I killed the 50th dragon with the Order of the Gauntlet. <laughs> Fleeble, we really, oh my we really need to talk about, like, it's good to defeat dragons, but at some point it reaches excessive to the point of possibly annihilation of a species, which gets into a whole litany yes. of moral issues. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you really bomb, it's like, all right, let, let, let's talk about this. Come on, all right. People, there is balance. <laughs> There's all about balance and uh, <laughs> so, uh, but 50th dragon. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> 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 uh, while you're boasting and talking about some of the plans that you've had over this past year, Alamara, you come into the Holland Days Inn. Describe yourself. Mal, having just, uh, this is her first journey south since being up in the spine of the north, is wearing um, heavy winter clothes and a long orange coat made of, like, stained leathers, and she still has that big mantle of gray furs around her shoulders. Um, her hair is no longer up and cut. It is down around her shoulders now, and it has definitely grown since the last time it's been seen because time passes like that and hair grows she is not wearing Callie's large scarf anymore but there is a pop of a little bit of yellow color almost more like an ascot or a neckerchief than her full scarf and as she walks into the inn um, her hand is behind her and she pulls in somebody else with her who is a half another half orc dude who's just a little bit taller than her, and you can see her kind of pointing around and and talking to him as she's gesturing. She she's looking for Fleeple and Lance and talking about her last time that she was here and the differences. You're pointing to like the bar, and you were like, and that's where my friend immolated a goblin. Oh my god! <laughs> it just burst into flames. The first flames time I ever saw right immolation. There. 
you might even see some charm. <laughs> There's a plaque. And that singing sword. He has this catchphrase. What was that catchphrase? Oh my gosh. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Everybody who walks in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> But yes, as uh, Lance and Fleeple, you look and you see Malamar coming towards you with this new person, which you look at each other and you're like, did she talk to you? No, she didn't talk to me. She didn't talk to you. You're the one who has the sending stone. She she called once and it was specifically, I think she was delirious from cold. She said she wanted a pepperoni pizza and I did not understand it. But then she called back later and said, never mind. So I just assumed <laughs> I just assumed she was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong number, sorry. Wrong sending stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mal, you come over uh, with your new friend. Fleepo Lance! And she just she lets go of this guy's hand and just envelops them with a hug. She pulls both of them together to yeah. hug them. She doesn't hug them individually. She wraps her arm around Lance's neck, because that's about his height. And then she scoops up Fleeple and just like Louisa in Encanto hug. Yes, Malamara, tis I as well, Jeremy here. Jeremy, we agreed. And we, Jeremy. We agreed, Jeremy, that you talk when you're unsheathed. You can talk all you want when you're unsheathed, but it might disturb people. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was filled with rapture I, to see. I understand your comrades and you have a big heart, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> As she lets her friends go, she waves the the guy over. She goes, Kajal, Kajal, come here. These are who I've been telling. This is Fleeple, and this is Lance. These are the guys I was telling you about, that we used to be in a squad together, our, our jank squad. Good to meet you. I imagine Fleeple and Lance, like, the little awkward, like, oh, a new friend, like, both do, like, little finger guns, like, Hello. <laughs> Toward hey. this guy, like, hey. Hi, you. buddy. Hey, <laughs> new guy. He, like, has his hand out, and you're like, no. Nah. Hey. He goes, ah, yes. She said, she said you, 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 you like to divert to that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> ah, it's good to meet you. I'm glad uh, uh, Mal has told some crazy stories about here over the year. How are you? How? I can't believe we're all together. It's been so long. How are you? You're still alive! Lance, you never answered my my text on the sending stone. You you sent me stuff about pizza. I don't I didn't know what to say there. I I messaged back like how soon? <laughs> but then you said never mind. I didn't get I don't remember getting that. She like pulled out the stuff. I see a flat I see like a flash forward of like Mal in some random CD bar up north accidentally switching <laughs> sending stones with somebody else at a bar like yeah. And like, <laughs> so I've been getting this it's other person sending, sending stones. <laughs> Pizza. What the heck? Suddenly, like Mal gets, listen to me very carefully. Oh, boy. You gotta get. <laughs> I know anyway. Who you are. Oh, ah, I didn't. I'm sorry. I'm. What, how's it been going? It's great to see you, Mal. It is, it is so great to see you. And you bought the. You actually did it. You bought the inn from Bevan. Yes. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Yes, he this retired. This place is amazing. Yes, this he... was awful last time we came here. Yes, I've really, really made the I've made the place so much better. Uh, Bevan, he moved down to Chult, and he lost all of the money I gave him on dinosaur races. 
In fact, at that point, you see Bevan walking down the stairs with an apron, holding oh, uh, Bevan a works there pot, now. and he kind of just like looks over at Flapo and goes, and just walks outside and like tosses it out and uh, walks back up, a little sullenly, uh, back upstairs to continue his job. Oh, I should give that man a raise. <laughs> and are those the punks, the those guys that we talked to about that one time? Yes, yes they are Malamara. Jeremy. They are the ones that oh, captured me here. and Ralph. <laughs> Jeremy. I I heard about Ralph. I'm sorry, Jeremy, and I want to say sorry to you, Lance, but I, I don't know where you it really was, fell on the whole it, 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 Ralph it, 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 thing by the end of, of that cult there business. There was a lot. They were brothers. Brothers they, in mm, arms. Brothers brother, in heart and soul. Brothers in terms of hated each other's guts, yet somehow, some way, started watching out for each other, yes. <laughs> he doesn't express his emotions well, but we've been managing we've been well since yes, we found we have, each Joey. other. Yes, we have. A, we have a monthly yes, sessions. we have. <laughs> It'll take years, decades even, lot, lot, maybe millennia. There's a lot to unpack there, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fleeple, could we get a table? I feel a little um, awkward just standing here. Is there is there a table? We could sit at or free. Do you have VIP status to get at any table you want? Ah, uh, yes, we actually got this one over here. We've been doing a bit of a drinking flight. Uh, I haven't actually tried the carnage yet, um, and I've been trying to work up my courage. <laughs> Do we have room? <laughs> that launches into a long story to Kajal telling <laughs> the experience of the drinking game the last time they were there while we're walking Aye, to the table. Interesting that you that you'd be one to lose. I figured with your hearty constitution, you'd be the one to win. Well, that 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 bodyguard. What was his name? Kebab. Sawab. We don't need to talk about him. Okay, <laughs> Keith. Uh, anyway, he he uh, he totally cheated. He absolutely cheated, and I never got my gold back from him. You know what? He's the only one who cheated. You're right. You're right. He was he was a devilish man. <laughs> as, as we walk over to the <laughs> table, sit down. <laughs> so, um, Manamara, how did you and excuse? I'm sorry. Your name again? I forgot. Oh, sorry. This is this is Kajal. Kajal. How, how do you two know each other meet? <laughs> yeah, uh, Kajal, he lived in the orc encampment that was over the ridge from my village. You know that after Air 2 destroyed my tribe, my brother Grant and I blamed the orcs. I stayed and lit the funeral pyres of my people, but Grant rode over the ridge to confront the orcs. That was the last time I ever saw him. So when I left last year, it took a while to track down the orc encampment that Grant ended up in. I didn't find him. Instead, I found Kajal. He told me about what happened to Grant. When Grant rode into the orc encampment, he killed two orcs before he was captured. One of those orcs was Kajal's brother. So he was put in charge of Grant as their prisoner. Over time, they became friends. Kajal told me about how he was able to learn to forgive Grant, and slowly even the humans that he had grown up hating. But Grant, that stubborn, vengeful man that he was, couldn't ever find that peace. One day he 
finally tried to escape, and Kajal was forced to kill him. The orcs allowed me to stay with them as I walked in the place that Grant had spent his final months. While I was there, I had some realizations about some things, in addition to picking up a little orcish. <laughs> she looks at Lance. <laughs> I learned that my biological father was the one who killed Grant's father, and then Grant killed Kajal's brother, and then Kajal killed my brother. It's just a cycle. It's a circle of violence that just ends up with more people being dead. And killing someone else doesn't bring anyone back. Someone has to say no. Someone has to stand up and say, I forgive you. Could y'all help me see that? So I decided to amicably end my boon with Bahamut. She pulls up her coat and where the boon sword had erased the tattoos, it is completely gone. So there's still like an erased part to her sleeve of tattoos in the shape of the sword, but the sword is no longer there. I decided to put down my sword and put aside my rage and to focus on the living instead of the dead, which brings me to my second realization with Grant gone you two are the only family I have left and I want to be near my family so I was thinking of sticking around for a while if you'll have me us if you're okay with us staying with you I'd really like to come home well, I was going to set aside the VIP suite for uh, my employee's mother to visit, but I suppose I can set it aside <laughs> for you two instead. <laughs> I apologize. Don't mean to intrude. Um, he, he's, he's terrible. Don't feel bad. <laughs> Lance is going to roll an insight check on these, on these two. Seeing, like, are they, like, because... This guy killed her brother, so are they really that friendly? Is it more of a business thing? Like, what's going on with these two? I'm going to roll an insight check. Roll an insight check. 23. Ooh. Well, as you see Mal looking at Fleeple and Fleeple saying this, and she sort of, like, laughs and, like, tucks her hair behind her ears at one point, and uh, Kajal, he laughs and... You see him casually reach towards her underneath the table and um, pick up her hand and just kind of hold it. And as he looks at her, he just has this warmness and softness on his face as he looks towards Malamara as she smiles brightly with her teeth exposed. And, and there is some, there is some deep love here that you can sense. Good. Um, Lance, I I heard that you opened up Canary's Field for Callie. Yes. And she'll reach into her pouch and she pulls out that long scarf of Callie's and it has been carefully folded. And she said, um... <laughs> just like a continuous... She's just like, like pulling it uh, out like a magician. Continuous stream <laughs> of fabric coming up. 
of the backpack. <laughs> That's why I said carefully folded yep. so it wasn't comedic. She <laughs> pulls it out and she presents it to Lance. And she goes, I thought you might want this to bury with her. I know how important it is to you. I, I hope you don't mind that I um, I took a piece of it to to keep her with me. But um, And you can sell. That's the neckerchief that she has around. She's just a, a piece of that scarf. Thank you. Um, and he, she presents it to him. Yes, that would that'd be fitting. There's a place I, I can see that going well. It's at this time that you, um, Leeple, you get a familiar voice uh, wafting over the room here. And you go, hey, sir, uh, can, can I get a drink over here? Uh, what's a cleric got to do to get a drink, huh? And you look over and Mud is uh, <laughs> coming over. Full robe regalia on him, actually, in a very uh, formal outfit, uh, with just like this goofy grin on his face as he walks over to you, Fleeple, and goes, uh, Hey, it's good seeing you again. Hi, um. Oh, yes, come join us. Only the finest drinks for an Arch Cardinal of Bahamut. Oh, Arch Arch Cardinal. Wow. For an an Arch Mega Turbo Cardinal of Bahamut. Mega Turbo Cardinal. (laughs) Mega Turbo. Yeah, I was just, uh, I was just, uh, you know, here. Um, I just wanted, uh, you know, with you, I'm rebuilding the Temple to Bahamut over here, bigger and better um, than it was before. And uh, with your kind donations, and um, I just thought it was high time that I visited and uh, uh, made sure that, uh, I could, I could chat with the guy who got me converted in the first place. Am I right? <laughs> As he finger guns you. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm glad to be able to put the money into a good source. I uh, honestly, I, I don't know what to do with all of this money. I, <laughs> you just open like your pantry door, and gems are literally <laughs> spilling out. out. <laughs> I haven't told Bevan exactly how much money I have, but. <laughs> But I should give him a raise. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Temple of Bahamut is being rebuilt uh, in all of its finery, even finer than it was before, almost finer than the keep itself, which the old mayor, uh, the old leader of Greenest, has been politely asked to step down. And if you recall, Escobar, the keeper of the keys, has taken upon himself to step up and to help Greenus as best as he can in as democratic of a situation as he possibly can. But the temple has made some great headway over this past year. Uh, the caravans coming in are, is a great opportunity for day labor to uh, assist in creating, and it's actually boomed the population of Greenus quite a, a little bit with the workers that are here. The day laborers stay and then they fall in love and then they create little homes of their own and greenest is actually thriving um it's thriving from your efforts your contributions and your donations and just the warm nature of the town itself yes mud it's a long journey we've come on but i'm glad that you could come here to see the place where i killed my first kobold (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i mean there's a plaque right over there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, not for the, it's it's still hard. It's still hard getting us to come uh, to come to the the side of the light. I mean, but there's quite a few now that we're able to get out of the swamps and 
you know, with some good education and, you know, some good uh, social programs, we're actually making some good headway here. And I, he- um, I so- heard you're up to 300 kobolds. <gasps> oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, uh, they were not a roving band anymore because that could be, you know, considered a terrorist organization. <laughs> but, you know, we're a... We're a <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, we're, we're, we're making... We're, we're a pretty good society out in Waterdeep, and we've got our own, like, little... Uh, cobalt refuges all across Faerun. It's a, it's a thriving uh, society here, and Flaypole, it's all thanks to you, man. I mean, it's all thanks to the big guy, but it's all thanks to you. Well, I'll drink to that, and I uh, take a sip of the carnage finally, and it's terrible, and I bark it's immediately. Terrible. Roll Time. a Constitution saving throw. Okay, Constitution saving throw. And as you go to drink it back, Fle- uh, Mud just like downs it. Because uh, that's what he thinks you're going to do. Um, so I'm going to roll for him. Oh, I got a 16. Ah. Uh, he, he, he gets a natural 20. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> and so both of you just kind of go. And Mud's like, gosh, this is terrible. I think one of my teeth fell out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and uh, he just kind of walks away to go to the singing sword uh, and listen to some of the tales. Uh, at this point, Jeremy requests to be placed next to the singing sword so he can regale some of his heroic tales over the adventures while the singing sword uh, um, as backup uh, sings in the background. So, And you gladly uh, move him far away from you for the time. <laughs> as that's going on and just the whole hubbub and people get to know each other, Lance will try and sneak away. Not hard. Unless Mal and Fleep will stop you, you... You are sneaky with your advantage now that yep. Jeremy does not hinder <laughs> yes. you in. You're able oh, to sneak away. So uh, Lance will... He's not sneaking, like, away from the town. He will uh, actually sneak upstairs, specifically. Lance is, even though he's made long strides, he's still awkward in, in things, and he doesn't want things to be more awkward. So Lance will find Fleeple's room. And in that, Lance is going to undo his backpack reach in and he's going to pull out this long glass tube and there's like a little lid to it he's going to set it on um it's like it's an opaque glass tube he's going to set it right there on the desk he's going to then go over uh finding the vip suite that now mal and her lever (laughs) uh, are in and lance is going to take out another glass tube he's going to put another glass tube on their table and then he's just gonna go back downstairs. He's just gonna do that for them to find later. Okay. So Fleeple, do you have the worm box still? Whatever happened with that? You know, <laughs> it's still on my character sheet, so I can only assume that so I still, still have it. <laughs> it's just in the treasure room behind all the movies. Yes. And it's Boy. just like somewhere back there in your inventory that you have to clean out and organize and ugh, I mean, you, you, don't, you don't have time for that <laughs> from the day to day right now. Yes, and you know, it's not all me that's providing for the building of the temple. We have a lot of the citizens here in Greenest are also pitching in what they can. There's this sweet, sweet young lass. Her name is Ardina. She puts in more than she really should for such a young girl, but she's she's the greatest. She <laughs> is so familiar to me. Yes, she's wonderful. Across her. Yes, I wish the two of you could have met her back when we were first here, back in the day. Yes. Sleeper knows nothing about this connection. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I forgot about that. Yes, that's right. That wasn't shared. That was not um, shared and never explained. 
But Ardina is thriving. She is reunited with her father, who has since remarried to a young woman. And although they found that they could not have children for themselves, she has adopted Ardina with uh, loving arms to be the mother that Ardina lost and to help her grow into a beautiful young woman. Not quite old enough to be a young woman yet, still a child, but Ardina is with the same enthusiasm and zeal that you expected from the same girl that you had seen about a year and a half ago now at this point. Maybe, no, two years, two and a half years ago at this point. I mean, should we have a drinking game? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) With the conversation lapsing and just everybody sitting in each other's company, enjoying the company and that not awkward silence, but content silence. Kajal excuses himself to, to an arm wrestling competition that's happening across the room, sensing that Mal could just at the very least appreciate some silence with her former companions here with the Jank Squad. And as the three of you look towards the tavern, you just think back to all the times that you had. And it's almost as if, as the audience, if we were to look at this um, tableau, uh, this, this would be the moment where we see the three younger individuals of the Jinx squad looking on as well as we remembered them during the adventure. Reminiscing, speaking good of one another, of sharing who they've come across, what NPCs are alive, which have passed away, which have turned good, maybe which have turned evil, things of that nature. But a happy moment for the Jinx squad as they... Um, sit in the past, the good times of the past for the time being. And they drink the night away. They have a good old drinking contest, which should we should we speed run a drinking no, contest please, right no. now, folks? No, please no. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. That went so well the first the time. Is, Let's not revisit it. The victor is left up to um, our imagination as some of our members here are pulling pranks on one another, are um, switching drinks around uh, of potency and um, up to the same old shenanigans that they were up to uh, not too long ago. We pan away from this site and although the Jank Squad does live on and although they may have adventures in the future where they call upon each other, the Cult of the Dragon has been scattered. The Thay Wizards have locked themselves away into their own continent, or rather their own nation, and evil has subsided for a good while, as it knows when it's been, it's been beat, and good thrives. And although there are many squabbles, there will always be those looking for opportunity to come out on top. As we've discovered, good will always triumph for those that stand up against evil. And as truth turns to rumor, rumor turns to myth, and myth turns to legend. As time passes on, the name has been changed, but that same field with yellow flowers remains. And we see three beautifully intricate tombstones side by side one another. Lance, I believe this is part of the opaque tubes, if I'm right. Yes. So these three headstones are really a part of actually a larger 
a memorial which has inscribed on it a dedication to an adventuring party of long ago, very faded, in an old cemetery outside of the city of Neverwinter, where it says, Here lies the Jank Squad, champions over the Cult of the Dragon, survivors of the Doom Vault in the dead of Thay, and adventurers of many more pursuits. Out in front of these three headstones, there are three types of specific flowers. Flashing back to Fleeple, getting back to his little room, popping open that glass tube, he finds in them daffodils. One, because they symbolize rebirth, and two, because they have little noses and kind of remind Lance of cobalts. In Malamara's is the tulip. The tulip, both because it has many layers, which Malamara definitely does. And also it symbolizes enduring love and friendship. And the third flower, kind of in front of these tombstones, is the poppy, which symbolizes remembrance, death, and memory. On the three individual tombstones, it says each of the party's names. Fleeple, Malamara, Lance Thalen. It has inscribed on Fleeple's a sickle with eight mistletoes kind of surrounding it. On Malamara's, there's a large sword with canary birds. And on Lance Thalen's, there is a dagger with a scarf. It also says underneath each name something that you could inscribe on it if you'd like, as Lance probably conferred with his friends of what they would like on the memorial. Ned, what would you like on Fleeples? So... This prayer didn't come up a ton of times during this campaign, but every so often internally, Fleeple would say uh, the little miniature draconic prayer, Vethimolik Tuar Ux, which means may my scales be platinum. Uh, and we've just removed the Tuar part. So now it reads Vethimolik Ux, my scales are platinum. Mickey, what would you like on Malamara's? It, it will just have Malamara's name. And then underneath it, it would say, peace, forgiveness, family. Three things that in her life are the most important to her. And it just is simply the three words inscribed in it. And under Lance Thalen's, it says, always keep both eyes open. And at the very bottom of them, kind of almost covered in the dirt by now because of how long time has gone, you can actually find under Fleeples in Orcish, heart. Malamara, strength. Lance Thalen, mind. And as time has passed, as it always will, for new adventurers to take up the mantle of heroes, to stand up for good and to smite evil where they stand, the Jink Squad rests, but it has never been forgotten, as they stand as one of the many examples of what a few knuckleheads can do if they but work together. And ladies and gentlemen, that is where we're going to end. I cast Fireball.
How's that for a shaky plan? <laughs> a two and a half year shaky. <laughs> yeah. Three. Three. Three and a half. It's been 40 months almost to the day. We first started, our very first recording was August 12th of 2020. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Wow. So just over three and a half years. Well, or just under three and a half years. Well. What a fun time. I hope everybody got to get to uh, what they wanted in that epilogue. If you didn't, too bad. We have a t- we, we <laughs> too bad. It's over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have a talkback episode that we're going to be doing, obviously, to wrap up the entirety of the campaign. So, listeners, this is your call to send any and all questions you have about campaign one for ICF to us. This could be sent to our email, icastfireball2020 at gmail.com. It could be sent to our social medias at icastfireball20. It could be sent to our Discord that you can join by uh, through our Patreon tier. But go ahead and send that to us because this is your time to now send it to us. We will be recording. We'll give you a little bit of time to catch up and to send questions. Um, so we're not going to be recording this like right now. So go out and get those questions to us and um, we will try to answer any that you have. I'm excited to ask a few questions of the cast to answer a few things that I held secret the entire campaign that never came up. So it should mm. be a lot of fun. Mm. Before we end here, we just want to definitively say this is not the end of iCast Fireball. <laughs> it's the end of the Jank Squad. It's the end of campaign one here, but there will be many more adventures for us to be had. And if you want to hear about some of those adventures, either stay tuned to this podcast channel, jump to our social medias, uh, but the best way is to get on our Patreon Discord. Um, we just we tend to chat uh, the most frequently through that and share news through that, which should be opposite. And we're really sorry that, uh, we, but that's going to be the best way to get news there. So um, go ahead and uh, reach out to us or just be on the lookout for that as well. That's, I think, all I have for this final episode here. So with that, I've been Thomas, your DM. And around the table, we have had. I'm Mickey, and I played the warlock barbarian Malamara. I'm Jacob. And I played the rogue elf. That's Thalen. Echo last. And I'm Ned. And I played the druid and technically also a cleric, kobold, Flipo Thrikomanaki. Let's keep that fire going, everybody. And we will see you next time. <laughs>